The Hard Parking Podcast is sponsored by Talk Mobile. Talk Mobile is an innovator in retail and works with organizations like T-Mobile to operate stores throughout Arizona, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Louisiana. For more information and to jumpstart your career, please visit TalkMobileNet.com. Again, that's TalkMobileNet.com, our big-time sponsor. Today is Tuesday, January 28th, 2020. I realize sometimes things are just better when you write them out instead of saying them. So I'm going to read to you exactly what I wrote. These are my thoughts of Kobe now that I've had a couple of days to process this tragedy. Before it was the LeBron or MJ debate, it was the Kobe or MJ debate for years. With Kobe as a basketball player, I never fully embraced him for his greatness because growing up as a diehard Jordan and Bulls fan, I just couldn't do it. So those of you who have known me most of my life can attest to this. I had every pair of Air Jordans before they started making so many. I just refused to keep up. One of my bedroom walls was literally covered with nothing but posters, magazine cutouts, uh, newspaper clippings, stuff I had printed off a computer, like anything I could find of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the Chicago Bulls. I didn't have one speck of white on my wall. So I admit that I have a strong bias towards Michael Jordan as I continue with this statement. People don't mention Kobe as one of the best of all time as much these days, and I have always felt that it was because he was essentially a carbon copy of Jordan's second and third act. And I define that as his first act was 1984 to 1993 when he retired. When he came back, I define that as his second act, 1995 through 98, and his third act with the Wizards, 2000-2002. So Kobe Bryant was a rookie in 1996 as an 18-year-old. We've never seen a player like LeBron. We've never seen a player like Wade, Magic, Bird, Shaq, or Jordan before Jordan. Sure, there was Dr. J, and there's always been players like Allen Iverson and those guys. Unique talents, but we're talking about generation-defining talents. But we've seen Kobe Bryant. We've seen him because, essentially, he was a copy of Michael Jordan. And even Kobe Bryant has stated this. There's a video online that someone had created. It is eerie that they would show Jordan morphing into Kobe Bryant and morph back into Jordan. And you could clearly see, and even they've talked about it, Jordan was the big brother, Kobe was the little brother. You can see it is so eerily similar, almost identical. It wasn't until the last couple of years of Kobe's career where I started, like many people, to really appreciate him for the basketball player he was and the person he had grown into. He literally grew up in front of our eyes from a petulant, overconfident 18-year-old who along the way made many, many mistakes and has tried to make good on that image. He had the Colorado rape case. He's been really tough on his teammates. I remember once, I believe it was Spush Parker, he told him, don't look at me, don't talk to me. And that was his teammate. But lately, I became a bigger fan of his social media presence and his overall openness to the world. He started to troll people, which I really liked. He started to show up for more interviews. You'd see him on the sidelines with his daughter. And he just started showing up and making a, a bigger impact on everything around him. And as many of us stated, it's a damn shame when we won't get to see Kobe's second act further mature because he's done so many things since he retired in 2016. He's touched so many more lives in more meaningful ways off the court. Actors and musicians die in horrible crashes, not sports icons. Kobe Bryant, 1978, January 26, 2020. Welcome back to the Hard Parking Podcast. This is your host, Jay Benning. It's been a long time since I've talked about stuff that I've been obsessing about, but I have this thing. I'm recording in 
my home office right now, and I haven't recorded in the home office yet. Thing is, I'm right by a window, and so our house backs up against a major street. So the traffic, I can hear every single car that goes by. So what I might do is end up moving this whole operation into the closet. Usually I record from the hotel room, as those of you who have been with me for, been with the show for long enough have realized I record wherever I can. But, you know, my preferred place to record is right now in the hotel room. But, you know, this is a Super Bowl week. So this podcast is going to drop on the heels of the one that just came out last week. So I did something pretty fun. I went and called a bunch of people the other day. Uh, when I was in Palm Springs, right now I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. And I said, hey, who's going to win Super Bowl? Give me a score. Just went person to person to person. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Coming up, I'll talk about some of the technology changes for the podcast. Some exciting changes. We're going to do the Builder's Corner. I don't have a Builder's Corner guest. It's going to be me giving you some updates on the NSX and some of the things that I just kind of figured out. One thing about the build is, you know, you get don't get hung up on trying to figure something out or or going to other people. Just sit there and stare at a stare at a project for a while until it comes to you. Or think about it at an odd time, like in the shower or, or when you're taking a shit. I got a rental car of the week. We're gonna talk about that. Instagram profile holler of the week. Really excited about the person that I interviewed. Um, you're gonna find out about that again later. Instagram profile holler of the week. Really excited about the person that you know I interviewed. I've known him for a long time. Do some really cool shit. One of the things that's driving me crazy lately is, so I go to Home Depot a lot. And when I'm at home and I go to Starbucks, Starbucks is, I don't understand how why Starbucks does this first off. So Starbucks is in a strip mall right by Target. Starbucks is also in Target. I don't get it. Some of you probably finished my sentence. So anyway, so I got to drive through Target, past Target, and park and go in and get my coffee. I noticed this thing that people do. I'm probably guilty of doing it myself. People at Home Depot do the same thing. And Walmart. And what I'm talking about is there's a zone, especially Home Depot. There's a zone for people to walk across. And if you're driving, you're supposed to stop and wait for them to walk across. Obviously, you want to inch forward or else you're going to be sitting there all day, especially if you're going to Target. People do this thing where it's like, and it happened to be some old guy with a knee brace, so I kind of felt bad, but then I didn't. They do this thing where they don't walk, they don't pick a spot and walk across. Like, pretend you're at a crosswalk. So if you're in a traffic light and the, and the walk icon shows up, you walk between the white lines or you get ran the fuck over. You don't walk in a diagonal to the other side of the street. People do that in parking lots all the time. Drives me nuts. And I probably do it myself. Jesus, pick a spot and cross. Especially the ones where they walk really slow and they kind of look over the shoulder like, you're just going to wait for me to cross. How about I just run you the fuck over? Oops. Got some new people at work this week. Not on my team. One of the other applications. The desks that they would normally sit at are on the other side of this cube farm. So they're sitting at the, what they call, well, these are actually testing cubes. But they're sitting at the testing cubes on my row, which I call director row because all the directors walk past me every day. Not cool. So, you know, I meet them. They're, they're consultants like myself. And we get to talk and, you know, where did you work? This is the same shit all consultants talk about. Oh, where have you worked? Oh, where did you come from? Are you clinical or are you technical? Did you work for Epic? How did you get in the business? You know, and so I said, hey, this is Tuesday. 
again, they're not on my team, but they're replacing somebody that I would go to Taco Tuesdays with. But hey, guys, let's go to Taco Tuesday. We go on Tuesdays. I don't know if you guys are interested or not. And, you know, they're interested. You know, they're new to the area. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is where we're going. This is where it's at. And I figure if you're really interested, they're going to ask me before they leave. Where, where are we going again? Okay, what time? First off, the group picks to eat at 7. And that used to be normal. But for what I do, that's late as hell. Like, you want to get out of work, go straight from work to maybe the gym, which I don't do. And then go from there to eat. Or go straight to work to eat. You don't want to go back to the hotel. You go back to the hotel, you ain't leaving. That's just how it is. And then you don't even have to be a consultant. Anybody who travels for work knows that. You don't go to the hotel. If you go to the hotel, you're not leaving. Or you're ordering room service or you're going down. If it's one of those hotels, you can go down to the restaurant. Not all of them are like that. Most of them that I stay in are not like that. So I try to be extra nice. Well, I don't try to be nice. I, I am nice. So I get up and say, hey, it's 3 o'clock. I'm doing my Starbucks run. Do you want anything? Now, one girl works for Epic. She's what they call an Epic Boost. So they're a consultant that's employed by Epic. For some reason, Epic people love Starbucks. They love Whole Foods. They love LaCroix. LaCroix, whatever you call it. LaCroix. I always say LaCroix sounds like it's the noise you make when someone punches you in the stomach or kicks you in the shin. It's like, oh, oh, LaCroix. Anyway, so they like that. So I asked her, I said, I think her name's Rachel. Rachel, I'm going to Starbucks. You want anything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we place the order. The other guy, Keith, he's outside on a cell phone. I'm like, all right, whatever. So, you know, I'm building a relationship. Come back, and then they're both there, and I go, hey, guys, uh, I need to know if you guys are going. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm definitely down. Yeah, we're down. We're down. We're down. Oh, I got to go work out, but I'm for sure coming. Sure as shit, they don't show up. Here's my thing. When people say maybe, that means they probably won't show. And that's okay. Or I'll try to join. That's okay. We all know what that really means. I'm out. But don't confirm and then not show. That's just bad. I don't think I said two words to him the rest of the week because I'm an asshole like that. So the last podcast, I said that, you know, you got to be careful what you say, what you post on social media. You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. You never know who's on the edge. You could take it the wrong way. You never know who is going to just do something completely irresponsible based on something they've read or they're just going to spread a bunch of lies. And I want to talk about Facebook. I want to talk about Twitter. I don't see this as much on Instagram because really on Instagram, you can't, unless you go to the discover, you can't accidentally come across shit. You just go, all you see is people you want to see. Sometimes you don't get to see them because the algorithm screwed up, but you never see someone's stuff that you didn't sign up to see unless someone tagged you in it. And it's the same the other way around. Twitter, you just see everything. I see shit from people that I don't even subscribe to. I don't follow. And all Twitter is is a big battleground of racist finger pointing, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. And every once in a while, some really funny videos. That's where I get all my videos. It's terrible. Facebook, I don't think is as bad as people say it is. I use it for groups. Every once in a while, somebody that I know or somebody that I don't know but usually somebody that I know that I have some sort of affiliation with where I've met them in person or whether I just know them from being online like for years. You know, there's a relationship there and they'll post something and I'll look at it and I'll start looking it up because it doesn't sound right or I already know it to be false. All that does, if you post stuff like let's say that I post something that says, let me think of something crazy. Building falls on man. Family sues the city. Building, building owners did not care. 
they dropped the building in demolition and they killed a family. And then all of a sudden this thing's been, you just, and they said, if you care anything about this, or if you're tired of your city, fucking shit up, repost this. So what happens is tens of hundreds of thousands of people start reposting this. So eventually it's going to show up on your timeline because one of your contacts did it. What you should do is if that shows up, if you, if you think about reposting it, you better look into that shit. Because that's not something that really happened, but this is what happens when people post shit like that. You'll look into it further, and what you'll find is that someone confirmed that nobody was in the building. The family members confirmed their family was in the building, but really their family was stubborn, and they didn't actually want to leave the building. So they decided that they would go lock arms together, hide in a closet, and the building collapsed. So now you can't be mad at the city. The people fucked up. But now you have hundreds of thousands of people pissed off at the city. Because they didn't take two seconds to validate the information to find out what's really going on. True story. It was on Fox. It was on MSN. It was on every news network. There were people that thought you can get the coronavirus from drinking Corona beer. I'm not making that up. So what's happening is the movie Idiocracy is slowly coming true. If you haven't seen Idiocracy, you really need to go see it. Spelled just like it sounds. Idiocracy. 2006, I-D-I-O-C-R-A-C-Y. In that movie, a very average Joe and a prostitute got put in a time capsule as part of an experiment by the U.S. government and the military. Why? Because they're very average and nobody would miss them. They wake up in the distant future and society has gone to shit. And they are the two smartest people on the world. They're so smart, they get in trouble for being so smart. And that's kind of where we're getting. And I partially blame social media and I blame people, people as a whole. I have no faith in people as a whole because people are ridiculous. One of the things that got me triggered was Monday morning, you know, as I opened up earlier, talk about Kobe Bryant, one of my acquaintances online who was in the military, who was stationed somewhere overseas, had posted this article. And some of you have seen this article. Because people just started reposting it after the Kobe Bryant crash. And this article was the Black Hawk helicopter. I think it was a Black Hawk. They got shot down and killed like, I don't even remember how many it was, 30-something soldiers. My immediate thought, when I saw this headline, and my bad for assuming this, but I think any logical person would assume the same thing, given what just happened to Kobe Bryant, and how that was all over every single news channel, whether you were into Sports or not, it, that tr- he transcended. It has nothing to do with sports. That was just that was a, a tragic crash, tragic crash that affected multiple families. There's people who, I mean, you you can't even the the reach of the tragedy was just it's terrible, right? But I'm thinking, okay, this is a post where it's like, hey, because there's people who think like this. Not everybody's into sports. Number one, we have to understand that. Just like not everybody's into cars. Not everybody cares about cars. Not everybody cares about sports. And we have to realize that. We can't just assume everybody cares about anything. Now, tragedy is tragedy. And people care about that. But they can only care so much. So my assumption, of course, is, hey, everybody cares about a sports guy, but nobody cares about these soldiers. Why don't people care about these soldiers? And that is a strong narrative out there. That narrative is just as strong, almost as well, almost as strong as when you're going up your Twitter, you're going to find people who there's a guy on Twitter. There's some black kid 
who said the Kobe Bryant crash was a conspiracy. Conspiracy. Those people are out there. Much to my surprise, the responses were majority telling him he's an idiot. Because usually what happens is people stand behind to fill that narrative, regardless of what the facts are. All I care about is the facts. Black and white. One of the favorite people that I listen to on a podcast says facts over feelings. And I apply that as often as I can without trying to be a robot. You know, there's always gray area. Facts over feelings. So I, I messaged my friend and said, hey, on the side, I always do that. I always try to message somebody first on the side, see if they'll have a conversation with me on the private messaging, not a fight on Facebook public. He says he doesn't know anything about sports. He didn't, you know, he didn't wake, wake up. He didn't know anything about it. He just posted that because it was a 15 year anniversary of that tragic helicopter being shot down. I said, Oh, I get it. I said, now I probably would have said 15 years ago today, this happened. I would have prefaced my post in thinking, you know, it's like sending an email at work. You better proofread your emails before you send them. Especially if you're angry or if you're trying to prove a point and there's multiple people CC'd on this, you better know what the hell you're talking about. You better cross every T and dot every I. Trust me, I know I haven't made that mistake in years, but I have made the mistake. So now it's like everything you post, think about what you're posting. It doesn't matter. 15 years ago today, then then the narrative changes a little bit. It's like, God, you know, and then, then you can separate it. Okay, Kobe died in a crash is one thing. 15 years ago today, these soldiers were shot down. Completely different than Kobe died in a crash. Oh, guess what, guys? These soldiers were shot down too. Hello. And I started to see that post more and more and more over the next couple of days. And then it's always the same defense. It's like, hey, man, can you be a little more responsible? You know, this is how it sounds like. And all you're doing is feeding social media garbage. You know, you're feeding the, the wrong narrative. And the smart people are like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I should have thought about that. And if it's just false, apologize and delete it. Don't even apologize. Just delete it. But some people are like, I had a guy block me once because of this. You can't tell me how to pay tribute to my fellow soldiers. I was like, that's not what I'm saying. Read what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is the embassy just got stormed a couple weeks ago. If the embassy got stormed, Tension. There's people who live off of Facebook off attention. Of you know, there's people who are like, okay, the embassy got stormed by this group. You know, next thing you know, they post an article. Oh, that same group just shot down a, a U.S. Army helicopter. And there's 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 guys sitting there just ready. They're on edge. And he's like, that's it. God damn it. That's the last straw. Go in, get their knives or slingshots or guns or whatever they have. And they go into a church or they go into a deli or they go... They attack some innocent people walking down the road because they think that they're the same people who attacked our helicopter. Although they, our helicopter didn't get attacked, it got attacked 15 years ago. So you got to think about the chain reaction. And it's like, is it really useful for me to post this? It's freedom of expression. Like, there's no right or wrong way. There's just people should just tread lightly. Had another friend post. And we got into it pretty good. I call him a friend because I've talked to him before about some of this stuff. We've talked. We've had a conversation. I think we, I think it was a Colin Kaepernick issue. He had said something. Um, and I'm not pro or against that, but there was something that he posted that was just factually incorrect and ignorant. And I talked about it to him on the side, you know, and we kind of both understood where each, each person was coming from, but we resolved it, um, in a civil way, posted a video and I'm not going to say who he is friend of mine posted a video 
and it said clickbait central by the way cops oh it says sheriffs say when they found kobe bryant kobe was clutching his daughter gianna like when they pulled him from the wreckage and my response was based on the wreckage photos that's impossible simple physics and his response was show me proof that this is impossible it's like, well, I don't have to show you proof. I mean, if this if this were the, the all people have talked about all week was how no, no, I mean, obviously how great Kobe Bryant was a basketball player, but people were really talking about how great of a turnaround he's done in his life as he's grown up before our eyes, and how great of a family man he was, how much he cared about his daughters, his daughters, his daughters all week. Kobe and Gigi, Kobe and Gigi, you know, you get people on there that have known him forever, and they'll say, you know what, it was real. I was really upset. But once I learned his daughter was involved, I lost it. People were saying that. Now, don't you think if there were any truth to what the clickbait was, this would be everywhere. So to me, it was common sense. And the guy's like, well, you know, it's not rocket science. You claim that it wasn't that the crash site and this wasn't this didn't happen. Show me proof. Now, I could have saved myself a lot of grief if I had said, well, how about you show me that it is true since it's not reported anywhere else. So I, you know, we, we went back and forth and I mean, all, all the video was, was there's a basically a slideshow on YouTube, which by the way, there's nothing worse than a slideshow on YouTube. And for those of you who do this on your Instagram story, where all you do is post static sayings, proverbs, things that other people have said and your false motivations. I mean, half of you, you don't even believe that shit. Drives me nuts. Women are really bad at that. Guys don't do it as much. When they do, it's usually like a joke or something funny or witty. Not some deep, meaningful shit. It doesn't really mean anything to half people who post it. I mean, am I right? You know I'm right. But anyway, we go back and forth. And what happens is like when, like when I used to argue with my daughter, you know, when she was younger, like I would bring the facts to the table. Like my family hated debating me. My son's a really good, he, my son, he's really good at debate now. But it's like, bring the facts. These are the facts. I would have this thing with her where it's like an example I would use is I would say, you say green is your favorite apple. And she would say, I didn't say green is my favorite apple. I like red the least. Okay. If you like red the least, the green is your favorite. Like it's, it, it, it is what it is. Right. So, you know, the conversation with this video, this clickbait, that was obviously clickbait and obviously false. I eat drink i consume sports media this is car podcast <laughs> i consume sports media most of my day when i'm working i wake up i'm usually listening to pardon the interruption podcast from the night before i may or may not turn on espn first take or get up those shows during the day i'm listening to the dan lebitard show local hour i'm listening to the dan lebitard show best of i'm listening to speak for yourself podcast from fox sports and i'm watching videos i'm flipping through twitter like i'm basically the, the twitter breaks news before the media breaks news the major media breaks news fact if they would have found kobe clutching on Gigi, it would have been everywhere not just this one channel 24 hours previous also they identified kobe's remains when the first group of four people they didn't identify the last five people until a couple days later so if you find 
one person clutching on another person and the person clutching on that person, it was Kobe Bryant, then you could safely assume that that was Gigi. But the wreckage, they're falling at a rate of 2,000 feet per minute. The impact, people go flying, is awful. Anyway, I was worked up, man, because I think what worked me up the most is he said, it's not rocket science. Just post the proof here. Basically, like, if you can't prove it, then shut up and move on. And I'm sorry. I went through and I posted like five or six links of pictures and articles. And I said, hey, I'll do your investigative journalism for you because you're too lazy to do it. People, know what you're posting or don't post it at all. Be responsible on social media. Free speech. One thing has nothing to do with the other. He finally closes argument with, well, the, the bottom line is a guy died holding his daughter. End of story. What? What are we talking about? Anyway, so my point is friends don't let friends post irresponsibly. Has some other controversy. Let's talk about the car world really quick. I know. Thank God, right? Corvette, couple things. I have a theory on one thing, and I don't know if it's come out yet because I haven't looked into it in the last couple of days. But I find it awfully convenient that the Corvette that got its wheels stolen in Detroit, like every major magazine publication just happened to know that information and they all posted it within minutes of each other. Like, I feel like that may have been a publicity stunt. Plus, did you see where the car was parked? So I have some friends that work at Acura. They drive media cars. Pretty sure they can't take those cars unless they have a place at home to park them. They're not parking them outside next to a cyclone chained fence, parallel parked in the hood. And then somebody else just happened to have some wheels for sale on like Craigslist. I don't even know if they're the real wheels or not, honestly. But everything just seemed awfully convenient. It's like the story that came out last year where the chassis flexed because it had way too much power. Everybody remember that? I feel like that was an inside thing too, just to bring some press to the car. Not that the car needs it. The car broke the internet when the C8 was announced. Speaking of the C8, remember the two that got caught drag racing each other? The employees ended up getting fired. I have a pretty good friend who runs a pretty cool group on Facebook and she is the, or was the president of the Corvette Association in Michigan, at least when I moved away five years ago. So she kind of knows peeps. She kind of has an in, but you know, some of the people in her group were pretty upset because these guys lost their jobs. And kind of going back to what I said earlier, sort of, and I'll come back around to it. Not everybody likes cars. Not everybody likes sports. Not everybody likes sports cars, regardless of what they are. And the bottom line is, at the end of the day, what did you think was going to happen? The police officer who arrested these two was well within their right as what they should be doing when two people are racing down the street. Last time I checked, street racing was a major no-no everywhere, except for in the movies. Some cops love cars. Some police officers love cars, just like normal people. Some police officers hate cars, just like normal people do whether you're an officer or not. Now, the real question, and it was what was posed was, well, <clears throat> before I do that, not everybody who works at General Motors loves cars, believe it or not. Not everybody who works at Acura 
loves cars or knows cars. You could argue that the marketing team at most of these places don't give a rat's ass about cars. Their job isn't cars. Their job is marketing and selling said cluster of objects. The accountants that work at GM, they don't have to like cars. They don't give a fuck about cars. They just want a job with a major company. So somebody at GM, even if the boss was like, people, these guys were coming into work, getting buddied up, like, yeah, man, cool job. That's awesome. Good press. Somebody said, these motherfuckers got to get fired. They got to go. Because at worst, it's, you can't trust them with valuable company property. If they're going to act like that. This is, this is the only time we know about it when they finally got caught. You can't really debate that. And you can, you can use that at any business. If you can't be trusted with company property, you're out of there. In this case, it just happened to be two badass Corvettes. Somebody near the top said they got to go. So they lost their job. Now, one question posed, <clears throat> excuse me. One question, one question posed in this group is, yeah, but did the cop really have to write him up and take him to jail? That's a question. Now, the police officer was well within their right, but if they were a car person, depending on the complaints, depending on, you know, who was watching, like I've gone on supercar cruises before with, well, you know, my car is not a supercar, but when I first moved to Arizona, we went on a few of them and there were usually police officers involved because some of the group were just assholes cutting people off. And then some people just hate cars, like hate cool cars. Like they're mad because they're stuck driving the piece of shit they have, or they just don't care about cars in general. So they're going to call the police and the cops pull people over. Sometimes they get tickets. Sometimes they get warnings. Sometimes they just want to find out what you're driving and take a few cool pictures of the car. And, hey, can I sit in your car and take a pic? Absolutely, officer. Absolutely. Now, the officer who hauled these people to jail for racing their Corvettes, they could have been that kind of officer. They just said, hey, guys, these are really cool. Can't wait till they come out. Keep it down, please. I'm giving you a warning. Selfie time. But that wasn't the case. When I come back, I'll talk about uh, what I'm doing to the NSX. I will be the Builder's Corner guest. It's time for the Builder's Corner segment. This is sponsored by DressUpBolts.com. You can follow them at DressUpBolts on Instagram. Or you can go to DressUpBolts.com. They have all these really high-end titanium engine kits front or rear of your vehicle. This is them at DressUpBolts.com. Chances are they have your application ready to roll. It comes with a cool little printout and tells you exactly what bolt to use. Or you can just spend the rest of your days trying to guess and piece it together. But I recommend checking out DressUpBolts.com. So I bought a splitter. And I wanted to have this thing on for the Future Collector Car Show that I talked about during the last podcast. And what happened was I realized after I mounted the lip. So basically I have a, a Science of Speed Vector 2 carbon fiber lip. It's my second one. I already scraped it, by the way. Looks like shit. So put the lip on, then you put the splitter on. And what happened was I had the car on jack stands on the highest perch. And I got down there and I was like, oh shit. The splitter is long, although only like two inches shows like you can only see two inches from the front of the car. It goes all the way underneath and connects to the bottom of the battery tray on the front of the car. You have to see how an NSX is up. So the battery is way down in the front of the NSX, like almost on the ground, which is why you could jumpstart an NSX in the engine bay underneath the hatch. Didn't know that, did you? So I realized I couldn't put 
I would have to take my whole front bumper off, which, by the way, you know, shout out to my friend Trent and his father, Matt, because Matt said, hey, well, this is what he said. It's a whole lot easier to put on if you take the front bumper off, you can put the splitter on. I'm like, oh, shit. OK, well, I have to take it off. And I've never taken the front bumper off. A lot of NSX guys say it's easy, but putting it back on is a bitch. Understand, I was working on my car till I don't know, 3 a.m. the night before Future Collector Car Show. So there was no way. There's no fucking way. So I started thinking, I don't have access to a lift. They have a lift. I do have access to a lift, but not readily. I'm only home a couple days a week. And so my brain is always trying to figure out what could I do. I was like, well, maybe I can get the push pins, you know, the push clips for cars like the like the OEM style, you know, to hold on like bumpers. So all these new cars, that's all they use is, bump, you know, clips like my car. 10 millimeter screws everywhere. The car is just loaded with screws. New cars, clip, clip, clip off. Ask my buddy about it. And I go, hey, what do you think if I uh, just put the clips on? He's like, yeah, I wouldn't do it. Not the way you drive. Um, what does that mean? I mean, I drive slow. I drive like slow. So I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I guess I got to prepare to take the bumper off. Got a show next weekend. The concourse on Fountain Hills. It's really neat. I didn't even know how to get into it. But I reached out to them and they sent me to some other page and I registered. So now I want to get this lip on. This, this, the splitter, I guess, the front splitter. So I started thinking, what can I use? What can I use? What can I use? Ah, I know what I'll use. I'll use some of those quick screws. What are they? Quick nuts? Eh, Busted quick nut. They're, they're like the U nuts. I'm digging myself in a hole here. They're called spring clips. Threaded spring clips, I think. So basically, there's, they're designed to clip over a piece of plastic. So you slide them onto something and they have a hole in the bottom and a hole in the top. And the top hole is threaded. So then you can run a bolt through the bottom and tighten it up. And that way, you don't have to have a nut on top. And that was a problem before with the setup. Because I had these, you know, these M6 1.0 bolts and nylon locking nuts. But I couldn't reach them, which is why you would have to take the whole thing off. Do it. You attach the splitter to the lip, the lip to the bumper, the bumper to the car. But I bought these things, so I'm pretty excited. So with these, I just have to slide them over the holes that I've already drilled, put the splitter underneath, and then run the bolts up. And it'll sandwich them together. That's how I did my rear bumper as well, or my uh, my Seabon carbon fiber rear lower splitter that I used to rock for a couple years back in the day. I ended up using these long long threaded clips. So if you're stuck on a build, you're stuck with attaching something, just stare at it. I mean, worst case scenario, you can use zip ties. But in this case, I couldn't use zip ties. I wouldn't be able to reach the other side. In this way, in this this route, I don't even have to worry about that. As long as I slide the clips over the bottom half of the lip after I've attached the lip to the car, that I can get underneath it. And of course, I can attach the screws to the clips and then I'll hold it on. However, in the middle, this thing's so heavy and it just kind of flaps. So what they recommended is, and by they, I'm talking about the streeters, Trent and his father, because they work on NSXs. They have a badass operation down in Tucson. I went out and bought one of those rivet guns, but not a rivet. I have a rivet gun, but it's like a rivet screw gun. And a rivet nuts. They're also called blind rivets. So what I'll end up doing with that is I'll just follow the holes that they already had on this on the bottom of the splitter and drill that into my battery tray. I went and bought, like I said, the, the rivets and everything. So run those through and kind of mushroom them out and attach it. It'll be perfect. When I get back, we'll talk about Jay's rental car of the week. 
We'll get to the Instagram profile highlight of the week and we will get to the Super Bowl predictions. Just slowly turning into one of my favorite segments, Jay's Rental Car of the Week. I'm back to normal. Sorry, guys. I mean, talking about Facebook earlier raised my audio levels up, but now I'm back to my normal, even killed self. So last week, I was driving a Chevy. What was I driving? An Impala? You know, that thing wasn't bad. I'm not going to talk about it as my rental car of the week. This week, I had a Dodge Challenger RT Hemi. Talk about that in a second. You know, the Chevy Impala actually wasn't bad. Like, it's not my style, but I can see it as a family car. I can see it as a nice daily. You can drive across country. It's got plenty of room. It's got a nice infotainment center. That interior was nicer than a 300C I had two weeks ago. The 300C sucked. It looks cool, though. I'm sorry. The 300S. The Chrysler 300S. It looks cool. And if you have a 300S out there, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend. Your car sucks. It doesn't have CarPlay for fucking crying out loud. The leather looked and smelt more like pleather. And it took me back. So when I was a kid, I used to get car sick all the time. My mother would give me Dramamine or whatever it is. Whatever. It's probably illegal now. Whatever it is she gave me back then. It would knock me out. Because... You know, we had an old Caprice Classic, like a 1976 Caprice Classic. The cop cars is what I called them. I guess they used Caprice's cop cars for a long time. But you look up a 19, I'm sorry, like a 1986. I don't, it was fucking 76. It was like a 1986 Caprice Classic. The wheel fell off of me once. I was driving to work, worked for a place called Athletic Supply. And um, I had taken a right turn to go on the final street. And the car just kind of slid. It kind of like... Just sideways, like if I hit a patch of ice, except it was like June. And I was like, what the hell was that? And then all of a sudden, the car dropped. Like the back right part of the car dropped. I was like, what the hell? And the car was like, I, I couldn't really like control it. I mean, I wasn't like like a movie where, you're, you know, you're like, get out of the way. You know, it was kind of a vacant business. It was a business road. But in Dallas, there's like these really wide roads in the middle of business districts that nobody even drives on. There's one of those. And I looked to the right because I was taking a right turn. I looked to the right and my hubcap, I'm not lying, guys. My hubcap passed me. All the lug nuts were bouncing down the road up against the curb. Because Dallas has these big curbs on the side of the road. My lug nuts passed me. And yeah, I pulled over and what had happened was the entire wheel came off. My dad blamed Chief Auto Parts. Rest in peace, Chief Auto Parts. They went defunct a long time ago. But my dad's the one to change the brakes. I remember that. My dad fucked that shit. He tried to fucking kill me. He didn't He didn't torque those lug nuts down or whatever. He tried to kill me. So anyway, we had the old Caprice. And it had pleather. All the cars had pleather back then. You know, they had the, it was a tan pleather interior. Like a tan car. Like, actually, the car was manila. Like a manila envelope. And the interior was tan. Remember those old cars? Well, some of you don't remember. But... The roof would always start to like sag down. Like, what's up with that? I'm glad they finally figured that shit out. But anyway, the, the smell of the car, I would always get sick. It's just it's that, that smell. And so the Chrysler that I had a couple weeks ago took me to a bad place. It took me to there, that Chrysler 300S. Cool car, black, black interior, black stitchy S, black wheels. It looked like a government car. Car sucked. So anyway, the, the Chevy Impala that I had last week was a lot better. This week, what did I have this week? I had the Chevy Impala this week, actually. You know, my, my so my timeline is all fucked up because I screwed up my flight. 
for some reason I booked Sunday to Friday and I usually book Sunday through Thursday. So my brain, I was up 5.15 this morning, California time, was on standby, didn't get on. The second flight for standby just happened to have two broken seats on it. And so they had to find those those two broken seats. They moved them to first class. And then it's like somebody got displaced. That's all I know. The third flight, I called American Airlines and said, hey, man, I missed the first two. I didn't make the cut. What are we looking like on this third flight? Oh, well, they usually the same. They usually use the same air like the, the plane. It's an hour flight. And then we already know two seats are broken. And they told me the flight was already like there was one opening. I talked to the lady at the, at the counter. She goes, well, there's an opening, but I think they're going to use the same plane. So we already know there's two seats that are busted. So we're moving people up front. That flight is actually oversold. It's like, okay. Okay. Okay, fine. I already turned my rental car and turned it in yesterday, to be honest with you, because right now it's Friday. It's Friday the 31st. And decided to rent a car. I said, fuck it. I'm just going to drive home. I'm just going to drive to Phoenix. Gilbert, actually. Four hour, like a four, just over a four hour drive from Palm Springs. Or it feels like that, right? We've got the new loop, 202 South. I'm getting off track here. So anyway, so I rented a car, got a Dodge Challenger RT Hemi, and I, (laughs) first, I got into a red Camaro 1LT convertible, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what, I've had this car before, it's not a 2SS, for me, I don't like it, I'm not a convertible guy anyway, and I looked in front of me and I saw a C7 Silver Corvette convertible, I was like, you know what, maybe I could be a convertible guy. I wouldn't put the top down, but I just prefer the Corvette. Like, who wouldn't prefer a C7 Corvette over a base model Camaro? Nobody. So I went inside and I said, hey, my buddy, my, not my buddy, but my man Rich was there. Rich, cool guy, white dude, glasses, older guy working the rental car counter. I said, Rich, I don't like my Camaro. You got something else? I said, I saw a nice Corvette out there, silver, convertible. Oh, oh, that's a different class. Those are, those are, Jay, those are, those are exotics. So you'd have to, I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. It's an exotic. I said, no, thanks. No, thanks. Because also in the parking lot, as some of you have seen, there was a Huracan and there was a Ferrari California. Those are exotics. And the California is debatable, right? The Huracan, no debate. C7 Corvette, not an exotic. There's a Z06. I can see how you can make the argument, but there's 70,000 of them on the road. Not an exotic. So he's playing around with the keys and gives me the Challenger. Challenger, CarPlay, by the way. Chevy Corvette, Chevy Camaro, CarPlay, by the way. So I turn on the, the Challenger because you could tell, right? You could tell when you're looking at them in the rental car lot if it's a base model or if it has something. Just something. If it's a base model, it's got the hubcaps. Just leave it. Just go to the next car. This one had wheels, like wheels. So I was like, all right, well, it says Hemi on the side. Turn it on. It's like, whoa. I'm like, oh, shit. This thing's going to purr all the way home. Sure as shit. This thing purred all the way home. But I get it. I, I get why people want the Challenger. I used to want a Challenger even before I ever drove one. I think they're cool. I think they look great. I, I've liked them. I like them. They're big. I don't care. I like them. But it, uh, man, it's just such a difference between just a base model and even one step up with the RT Hemi. The car sounds great, drives great. It speeds up. Like, like you, that car wants to go fast, and it's not even a top of the line trim. 
Like you got to be careful. You got to use that cruise control. But um, it drones. And I remember it took me back to when I was working in Dallas, you know, last summer. Sometimes I would get a, you know, a Challenger when I wasn't getting a badass Camaro 2SS or the 300S that I sat in and got immediately out of because it didn't have CarPlay. When you put it in sport mode, it just drones and it drones and it drones. And with the size of that cabin, you start to get a headache. And I remembered from last time that feeling. So I didn't even turn sport mode on the entire trip home. But what I liked about the Dodge Challenger is it seems like most Dodges, if not all Dodges, like I've said before a million times, it has Apple CarPlay, which I love. It's easy to drive. This one has cloth interior. Um, it's The fuel efficiency wasn't bad. I drove all the way from Palm Springs to Gilbert, Arizona. I finally put gas in it before I dropped the car off. I mean, I brought it home, ran some errands earlier. Then the, tonight, I decided to take it and drop it off because it's due tomorrow morning anyway. Would I rent one again? Obviously, I would. It's a cool car. But if it's the base model, no, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Because if I'm going to drive around in a big-ass car like that, it's going to have some kind of power. It's going to at least sound good. Not annoyingly good, but at least got to sound good. And one thing you realize when you're in a car like that, specifically that car, is when you're not in that car and you see people drive by in that car, 80% of the time, you think that, oh, well, look at me. I'm so cool. Vroom. You're just going to floor it right past me and make your car make all those loud noises because you're so cool and I'm not. The car just does that. Now, there's a percentage of people who do that just because they are cool or they think they're cool. But you don't have to swap out the exhaust to get that sound in those cars. So I remember there's so many times when I've been on the highway and you, you know, you're near one of those cars. Maybe I'm in the NSX or I'm in some other rental car and they're just like, I'm like, oh, pfft. okay. Air master air. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, that's Jay's rental car of the week. I would absolutely drive it again. I'd consider maybe having one, even though there's a million of them on the road. It's just a cool looking car. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Dodge Challenger. All right, it's time for my favorite segment, the Instagram Profile Highlight of the Week. The Instagram Profile Highlight of the Week is sponsored by NSX Channel on Instagram, your number one source of NSX content, whether it's bone stock OEM or super heavily modified, or it looks like a spaceship like mine. Speaking of spaceships or speaking of flying, the Instagram Profile Highlight of the Week is Starman864, Paul Brylick. Paul, welcome to the podcast, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to have you. So. We've known each other for a while. At some point in the past, you started flying a lot. And I know it's been more than two years because in 2017, when I was working in Chicago, you were flying and you offered to take me up. I just, you know, I was working downtown and I never took you up on that opportunity. And I feel like I've really missed out. So tell me, like, when did you decide to start flying? So I started taking flying lessons back in 2013, and then I got my license in 2015, and uh, I think I joined Instagram sometime after that. So, um, I, yeah, I've been flying for a while now. I just, uh, I think I started being more active uh, with sharing my flying experiences on Instagram maybe in the last two, three years. So are you flying? Are you racking up the required hours to move up? Or are you just on a pure hobbies level, or do you want to become like a like a private pilot that can actually take people places? So, yeah, funny thing is, if you asked me that question two years ago, I would give you a completely different answer. But uh, the story with that goes that initially I did it for fun as just something that I always wanted to do when I was a kid. And then eventually I just kind of started 
getting tired of uh, my job at that point. And interestingly enough, um, I actually quit. I sold the business uh, this December. And at this point, I am trying to become a commercial pilot and I'll try to do this for a living. So I'm not sure if it's a good idea or not. I'll tell you in a few years, but uh, I will at least give it a try. Now, (laughs) I don't know a lot about how this works. I watch you on Instagram. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you could be doing that probably wouldn't be as, I would assume, expensive of a hobby. Well, so this is actually a lot cheaper than most people think. So, you know, it costs you $100 an hour to rent jet ski, right? And then it costs maybe $110 an hour to rent a simple airplane. And then the one that I fly is considered like a nicer one, and it costs $133 an hour, which is not really a big deal, especially if you can pick a buddy up. And then if you can split the cost in a half, you're flying for like, you know, less than $70 an hour. And then all of those flights that you see on my Instagram are usually an hour and 15, hour and 20. So, you know, those flights generally cost about like $160. So whenever I take um, just one more person with me, it usually costs me just $80, which is a lot less than what people would think that these things cost. So yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, cars are, 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 are pretty expensive and modifying cars is not cheap. So, I know. um, you know, yeah, 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 you would know, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not as bad as you would think. Yeah. So we're talking to Paul Breilich at Starman864 on Instagram. So, you you know, you fly the, the so what's the technical name of those? I'm going to say Cessna because I don't really know anything. Yeah, so it's a Cessna 172. Essentially, it's a Honda Civic of the sky. However, ever touched an airplane, chances are it was a Cessna. And, you know, these things are uh, designed for people to learn how to fly in them. So they're super safe, safe super reliable. Uh, and uh, it's just, a you know, simple thing, nothing fancy. I mean, you know, there's nice airplanes out there. You could have Cirruses that new cost a million dollars and they cost like three, $400 per hour to rent. You could have jets that you can rent as well. And these things new, they cost something on the jet goes for like 5 million and can probably, you know, maybe rent one from somewhere for like $1,000 an hour or maybe more. <laughs> so, you know, these things get pricey, but when it comes to these simple general aviation airplanes, they're, they're fairly cheap and um, and fairly cheap to operate as well. So yeah, it's definitely doable. Whoever wants to do it can easily do it. So as, uh, as long as you have your pilot license, the only thing you have to do. I was is- going to say, yeah. So hey. what do you do? You just show up and say, Hey, I want to rent that. Here's my pilot license. Or are some of them, you know, outside of these little civic Cessnas, we're just going to call them civic Cessnas from now on. So <laughs> outside of these civic Cessnas, you know, so let's say you want to do a Honda jet. Are they like, okay, well you have to have a, pilot's license of a certain class. I don't know if they're broken down class. And then you have to have 500 hours of air experience. Or do they just look at the license or it depends? Yeah. So the general idea is that even if you're trying to rent a Cessna, most flight schools are not going to just give you keys to one. They will usually want you to, you know, at least fly around the airport for five, 10 minutes with an instructor to make sure that you know how to fly and then they'll let you fly it on your own. Um, and then when it comes to uh, those licenses, so I guess the, basic license is that you can fly anything up to 12,500 pounds and then anything heavier than that or anything that has a jet engine you need a type rating for which means you need basically a certification to fly that particular type airplane so even if you uh, have your you know um, airline uh, like airline transport pilot license you you still can't rent some of the other airplanes because they are just so different from each other that you need a type rating for that particular one um, but you know most most places are pretty good about it so 
Last year at this time, I was actually in Las Vegas and I wanted to fly around the strip at night. So what I did was I just called up a local flight school over there and, you know, I asked them if by any chance they have any Cessnas, um, Cessnas in stock. And Well, I mean, in, in their, in their uh, fleet and then they do have a bunch of 172s, which is what I fly. And, um, and they just borrowed me one. So I just uh, flew around the strip and I gave myself my own uh, strip tour. You know, I didn't go for the helicopter one. I just, I just did it myself. It was pretty cool. So that was definitely a good experience. Looking at your page, you're still doing photography. You doing anything with your NSX? So, yeah. Um, well, my NSX is uh, sleeping right now because I do live in Chicago, and Chicago winters are not very <laughs> super car-friendly. Um, so we are, uh, or at least not non-car-friendly. I'm not sure if the NSX class, class, uh, qualifies as a supercar. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal out here. But I did buy another NSX. I don't know if you heard that, but um, I actually bought... Um, an 05 NSX that had um, very slight rear end damage and the car is actually getting fixed as we speak. So um, I did end up with two somehow. And so you both have silver. two, right. I have okay. two. They're both silver stones, so my neighbors will never know the difference unless you know, you'll know you put both of them out there then they'll start scratching their heads. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they look the same essentially. Do you name them? I mean, are they both silver and is this silver and black? Because yours is silver on silver, I thought, right? I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. You've had several, haven't you? So this, so my first NSX was 03, silver on silver. And then the one that I have right now is also silver on silver, but it's 04. And then the one that I just bought is silver on black, finally, because I always wanted silver on black. And it's also an 05. So, you know, there's no 06 NSX. It has to end here. Um, but, yeah, so this one has black interior, which is actually what I wanted. The silver, it's nice, but a black is always better, I guess. So going back to your Civic Cessnas, so while you're flying, yeah, like I don't. I mean, to me, it's just so crazy because it just seems like some other completely different world. So you're up there and you're taking these beautiful photos flying over Chicago. Um, and again, anybody listening to this, I think we're up to like 20 people now. So make sure you're going to Starman eight six four on Instagram and taking a look at this while you're listening to this podcast because some of these photos that Paul takes are just incredible. Like. Has anybody ever reached out to you about these photos to use them? Well, I don't know. I don't know if they're any, if, if they're all that good. But yeah, I did have some um, some people reach out to me, and um, you know, a bunch of them got used as flyers. And I also, uh, I Stop. I am a content. Stop. What? Okay. So okay, you don't know if they're really that good, but people are reaching reaching out and using them as flyers. Oh, they're good. Okay, you may continue. They're real good. Okay. Well, I, I guess there's not a whole lot of competition in that field. I don't know that there's too many aerial shots like that that are out there. I mean, there's a lot more now because of drones. You know, there's a lot of talented photographers. Uh, you know, all of those city photographers, they all got drones now. So, you know, they're they're really killing it with, with those shots. Um, but, you know, especially like a few years ago, I guess there wasn't a whole lot. So, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not really um, very active recently. I haven't really taken too many uh shots i you know i I'm, i am pretty active with these stories you know every time i go flying i usually try to uh take a video or two so you know there's always a story up there but uh you know for post i think i haven't posted anything in like two months so i definitely have to um get on that but um yeah definitely is a very cool perspective it's something that we're not used to seeing so i think it's a it's a very cool um experience just just you know seeing it from above and especially at night like so I, I i practically never fly during the day unless i have to to me it just looks a lot better at night so I just oh yeah 
I, I remember flying in and out of Chicago, you know, every week, pretty much all through 2017. And I'm always looking out. It's like, oh, here comes the city and there's downtown. And, oh, you know, then I do that thing everybody does. It's like, well, why don't you just drop me off right here? There's my hotel. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there's, there's definitely worse cities for you to fly over. Um, less, you know, scenic cities for you to fly over. Yeah, if you're ever flying into Chicago, you always uh, want to make sure that you're sitting on the left side of the airplane because most of the time the wind is out of the west because that's like, you know, where it kind of spins the opposite direction. So the wind is going to blow from the west. So most of the time they're they're landing um, they're landing to the west. So what you're going to do is you're going to fly pretty close to downtown and then downtown Chicago is going to be off to the left. So if you are sitting on the left side of the airplane and you have a window seat, especially at night, you'll We'll probably fly directly over Lincoln Park, maybe just a little north of that, and we'll have a pretty good view at the skyline from like these airliners usually cross the shoreline at like four thousand five hundred feet, so it's a pretty good perspective. No, those are facts. Those are facts because I'll, I'll yeah, and I used to actually I'd sit on like nine A or whatever, and you go past downtown and you go over Lake Michigan and then you do this little U turn in the sky and then you get to see it again before you go up to Crappy O'Hare. Yeah, so if you're flying in from the south, they would usually put you, uh, yeah, by downtown. So what you're doing is if you're coming in from anything south, uh, you will kind of have, um, it's called it's kind of like a downwind leg. So you'll uh, you know, you'll basically fly like a rectangular uh, shaped traffic pattern to the airport. So if you're coming in from the south, you're going to make your turns to the left. So you'll kind of follow Highway 290 and then you'll, turn north over the water and then you'll turn back inland and then you'll land at O'Hare. If you're coming from the north uh, or, you know, let's just say something like Minneapolis or Detroit or something like this, they'll usually put you on uh, the northerly runways and then you'll do the turns to the right coming in from the other side. And at that point, um, you'll just see downtown Chicago off of your left. So you're going to be maybe a mile or two further away, which is not a big deal but you'll see it just once and, and you'll see it when you will already be lined up with the runway. Now, do you have to know that as, you know, a, a civic Cessna pilot, just so you're kind of aware of where the traffic could be coming from? Not necessarily that you have to know it, but it's hard not to know it. If you are a part of that world, let's just put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And we're, we're talking to Starman864 on Instagram. Starman864 has to start updating the page more often. I have to go out there and grab some shots. So, you know. <laughs> What's the 864? What's that? So, so yeah, I actually wanted to be just Starman, but apparently uh, the username Starman is uh, already taken by some guy, I think, in Japan who's actually not even using his page, which which, which is pretty sad. But, um, you know, 86, uh, I was born in 1986, and then I was born in April. So then there's, you know, there, there's the four. So that would be, that would, uh, you know, kind of give away how old I am, right? <laughs> All right. You, uh, what's the last five digits of your social? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. That's a good one. I, I have, yeah, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. Go Don't tell me. Up, Don't tell right? me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Don't tell me. Don't tell us. Don't you, you, tell you, know, you know, it was weird. I was actually, so, you know, I take pictures of uh, landscapes and cars and, and whatnot, but then I also take pictures of uh, models too. And then I recently was taking pictures of a model. And uh, and then, you know, we started talking about birthdays, whatever. And then she says, oh, yeah, my birthday is in April. And then I'm like, what what day in airplane? And she says this and that. And I'm like, that's my birthday. So we ended up like we, we just ended up, you know, finding out that we have this same exact birthday, which I only know like toward people like that. So, you know, I think that was pretty cool. That's amazing. 
I know. So we had to get to know each other a little more. We went for dinner. It was fun. Where is she now? Uh, she is at home. I uh, I don't know. Or well, I, I I she might be at home. She actually is from Wisconsin. So Jake's territory right there. Jake is listening. All right, Paul. I want to thank you for being part of this segment, Paul. Starman864 is my Instagram profile highlight of the week. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. So a little bit earlier this week, as I said before, as I opened the podcast with, the Super Bowl is Sunday. The Super Bowl is in a couple days from now. I am actually flying out Monday morning because I'm tired of traveling on Super Bowl Sunday. That's what comes with my job and with my career. This assignment is so close that I can actually fly out on Monday morning, but I don't want to do it every week. Um, but definitely this Sunday. I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know if I'm going to a Super Bowl party. My wife wants to go to Vegas because she has friends that are in town. Well, they're in Vegas, which is a four and a half hour drive north or a 45 minute flight north. But I don't know if I want to mess with that. Here's the thing with me at Super Bowl. I like going to Super Bowl parties. I like being around a lot of people, but I want to watch the game. Like there's a lot of people that are all about Super Bowl parties. They don't know who's playing. They don't care who's playing. They make all the noise. They stand in front of the TV. Get the hell out of the way. I'm a sports fan. I love football, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Like when the Patriots were playing the Falcons, I was on the plane and I watched the last two minutes and overtime in the airport in uh, O'Hare, actually. And the TVs were off sync too. Like some TVs were like 30 seconds behind. Um, it was really weird. It's like I watch one TV at one gate, then I get closer to the front door and I stop and watch another. It's like I just saw this like three minutes ago, four gates down, and then the next gate, you know, but uh, not this time. So we have the 49ers, we have the Chiefs. Before I tell you who I think is going to win, well, I'll tell you who I think is going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to win. But you know what? I want the Chiefs to win, so the 49ers are probably going to win, but I don't care. If the 49ers win, I don't care if the Chiefs win. I just think the Chiefs is a better story because of Andy Reid. You know, um, he's a he's a future Hall of Fame coach. He needs this one under his belt. Patrick Mahomes is the best new quarterback in the game. A lot of people saying he's the best quarterback they've seen from a talent standpoint. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen, but he's not here to talk about it right now because their team got knocked out. Jimmy Garoppolo, stud over in San Francisco 49ers. People don't think he can throw the ball. So, I, you know, if this San Francisco wins, I'd like to see them win with him throwing the ball so people can shut the hell up. So, you know, I used to cheer for San Francisco, but let's go with the Chiefs. I don't know what the score is, but I've been demanding that people give me a score. So I'm going to say 37. That's too high. Let's go with 34-24. 34-27 Chiefs. And let's see what... Some of my friends have to say. What up? Victor Tagunde, the Acker Machine. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Uh, I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, man, by two touchdowns. What's the final score? Final score, I'm going to say 21-35. 21-35 Chiefs, thank you. Yep. Jahey. Mr. Cunningham, Peter Cunningham, who do you have for the Super Bowl? San Francisco. What's the score? More than 55. 55 total San Francisco. Got it. Talk to you later. See you. Bye. Bye. Hello, it's Johnny. JV, Mr. Southern Germination, Mr. Gear One Agency. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? You know who I've got. I got 
the Kansas City Chiefs, 37, San Francisco 49ers, 27. Thank you. Talk to you later. See you, man. Yo, what's up? Brian Calma, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I got the chefs, 35-27. Thank you, Brian. Yes, sir. Hello. Mr. Ryan Eversley, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? 49ers, gold rush, baby. 49ers by 10. 49ers by 10. What's your final score? 30-23. I thought you said by 10. No, sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 30, by, 30 over 20. There you All go. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Jay Fenning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> JC Backer, Jay Cole. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? What's going on, man? San Francisco, 38, KC, 31. All right, you're the man. Talk to you later. All right, later. Bye. Hello. NS Extra, Chris Cutt. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I know nothing about sports, man. 40, 49ers and Chiefs. Whichever team moves the ball from the field to the other side of the field more will win, and the crowd will go yay sports. Awesome. You're the man. Thanks. All right. Hello. Catherine H. Cox, who do you have won the Super Bowl? I think the Chiefs are going to win 36 to 28. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. What's up, Jay? What's up, Yoshi? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? 49 I don't know. What's the score? 28 to 14. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> bye. 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 Hello? Jared Legendary. What's up, Jay? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, Niners. What's the score? Oh, we need a score? It's going to be a high-scoring game. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe not. Actually, it is. That's not what I asked. What's the score? Hurry. 28-34. Mm, 34-28? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. Hello. Awesome killer. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Chiefs. What's the score? Uh, I'm thinking 38 to 27. Awesome. Go back to bed. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Big brother Jay, who's going to win the Super Bowl? I got 34 28, my Niners. All right, man. Thanks. You're the man. Bye. Bye. Hey, what up, man? Jimmy Crump, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Man, I want to say the Chiefs, but 35-24. 35-24. Okay, that's all I wanted. Thanks. See you in like a couple months. Bye. Hi, right, man. <laughs> What's up? What's up, Tony Kong? Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Oh, I got the uh, 49ers. 24-21. All right. Tell the family I said hi. Get off my phone. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Jane. Boston Jane, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? The Patriots. <laughs> What's the final score? <laughs> I have no idea. I say Kansas City. Kansas City Chiefs over the 49ers. You don't have a score for us. I, don't, I can't even guess on that. I didn't even follow it. The minute the Pats were out, I was out. Okay. Thanks, Jane. <laughs> Bye. What's up, gentlemen? Matt and Charles from NSX Rack Repair. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes, a homie, Patrick Mahomes, I think he's got it. Charles. Charles, who do you think, sir? Um, I don't watch football, so I don't even Okay, know very good. Play. What's the final uh, score? Final score, let's see. All right, cool. Talk to you guys later. 40. All right, see you, bye. Bye. 
Yo, what's up, Jay? Jet, the number one supplier of Lazy Peter. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I think I got I, I got the Chiefs, man, probably by uh, just a field goal. By three. 27-24 score in favor of Chiefs. How much money do you have on it? Uh, I don't have any money on it. <laughs> All right. You're the man. Go to bed. All right. Good night. Later. Hello? Wilson. Hey, what's up, bro? Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Uh, Kansas City. What's the final score? Come on. Let's see. 37-42. 37-42. Thanks. Talk to yep. you later. See you this weekend. Bye. Yeah. All right. There. So there you heard it. Everybody's Super Bowl picks with the Super Bowl uh, this weekend, this Sunday. We'll see how close people were. Maybe I'll figure something out with whoever gets the correct score. Had a lot of fun. So this is the last segment. This segment was talk about. I've been doing this thing on the last uh, podcast and on this podcast. Car question of the week, non-car question of the week. Figured I'd open it up to you guys out there who listen to the podcast. But the thing is, man, car question of the week and non-car question of the week. I got some really, really bad ones in here. Let me go through them right now and see what I want to see. Some of these questions, guys, please remember. I like cars. I don't mind talking cars. I'm not technical. I don't buy cars. I don't have a fleet of cars. I don't collect cars. So some of these questions, you know, best fun car under $15,000 used comes from Jupiter Fish in Michigan. I don't know. I don't know what the best fun car under $15,000 used is. I could look into it. Um, I usually go to Consumer Reports for something like that because I look at that. But, I mean, what's fun, right? Um, let's see. What do we have here? Let's see. Superior Image Car Care. W6 Swap Miata. I don't even know what that means. Catherine Cox asks. And she gave her Super Bowl prediction. We're going to ask Catherine H. Cox on Instagram. All ran together. Do you enjoy the build or the finished project more? That's a good question. So one thing that a lot of us say is the build is never complete. Those people who have paid attention to my builds over the years have known that I'm always changing something up. So what happens is the biggest transformation was obviously the wrap, the interior, the SEMA prep. Because you, you can't just go, you know, the SEMA week. You're like, you got to come strong. So that was the biggest change. And the build is kind of a pain in the ass. But like anything that you work for in life, once you finally get there, at least to a point where you can sit back, pull up a chair, crack open a beer, and if you drink, I drink. The finished product, you just kind of marvel at it. But then it's time to start over. You tweak. I've been, I tweak on my car all the time. I'm always changing something. Like I said earlier, I put it on a splitter now. I've never, I haven't had a splitter. You know, I had side skirt splitters once, but I took them off. I had them for a weekend. You know, um, the build is fun. I kind of wish I had a blank check. Uh, I work out of my car out of necessity because either it's simple enough or I want to tackle it and not pay somebody else to do it. Or it's just too expensive, so I have to figure it out on my on my own. And if it's something that's way out of my league, if I really want it, I just got to pay somebody who knows what they're doing to do it. You know, it's not a pride issue. Like, if you know what you're doing and I don't and I could blow my car up, it's all you, brother. Brother, sister, whatever. It's all you. So do I enjoy the build or the finished product more project? 
I think you enjoy the finished project more before you start building on it again. So that's Catherine H. Cox for the car question of the week. There's a lot of other good ones on here. What makes cars so damn cool? I'll go ahead and answer that. That comes from Robert. Cars and cosplay. Cars underscore and underscore cosplay. I don't know, but kids know, right? And what I mean by that is my car, for example, or you bring up a car that just looks completely different. It looks like a toy, right? You pull up at a car show and the little kids, some of them can't even speak yet. They're pointing at your vehicle. So kids know, like they just inherently know what looks cool. Um, if you have a car that's shaped like a trapezoid on wheels, not very cool. No, nobody points at it and wants to, wants to hang out with it. They're just like, no, nah, I know. So, I mean, we have the Cybertruck, right? But Cybertruck was standing. What makes it cool? I don't know. Maybe the shape, maybe the colors. That's a good one. Let's see, why are you an asshat? Mail ball up glitter. Very nice. Best bang for your buck out of the car. I don't know. That comes from Zlee. Z-L-E-E, period, MS3. Best bang for your buck, car out of the box. Best platform to modify. I can't tell you what the best platform to modify is. I'm not into it like that. Maybe Gears and Gasoline, when we have them on, they could tell you. I don't mess around with cars like that. The best bang for your buck depends on what you're into, right? Um, there's a lot of people who would say the Honda Civic Si is the best bang for your buck. There's a lot of people who would say the C7 Corvette when it came out was the best bang for your buck. I would probably agree with that. I would probably, without driving all these different cars, depending on what you know what your buck means. But for your normal person, I guess they say the the, the Corvette has always been the best bang for your buck. Yeah, so I guess I'm gonna have to go with the Corvette. Corvette's the best bang for your buck. Again, best platform to modify. I don't know. Liquor fluid, coolest OEM parts. I don't even know what that means. RR underscore 5.0, which is um, Nate. Um, how much power is too much power for a daily? I don't know. For me, like with the NSX, I listen to what everybody else is saying. The people who have been doing it. I never try to reinvent the wheel on something I know nothing about. Right. So I'm at... 415 to 460 wheel horsepower. So you take that and add 15% with the horsepower calculator. And that's how much I'm at the crank for the NSX is still incredibly drivable. I think as soon as the car starts losing its normal drivability and dependability, that's when you probably have too much power, too much modification for normal everyday driving. Like your car shouldn't beat you up. It, it, so typically the car, the way it comes from the factory is probably what it should have, but we all know they can have a little bit much. Or a little bit more to them. Like, I wouldn't drive around a 1,200 horsepower car if the car came from the factory 500 horsepower. That means you put way too much into it. That's why you just have to buy something like a Dodge Demon or a, or a Devil or a, a Hellcat or whatever those cars are. They come out the box fast as shit. And they're designed to handle that, you know, within reason. Non-car question of the week. You can have dinner with anybody. Why do chip cereal... Fast food hamburgers, enjoy traveling as much as you do, pizza or burger. See previous question, Costco experience, brand benefit of it. What movie can you watch? Where does it when you buy? So, <clears throat> what movie can you rewatch multiple times? This comes from Trey's underscore AMG. So, Trey's, which is Byron, Trey's told me that Trey's, his name comes from Mobile Suit Gundam. So if you guys listen to the podcast 
last time, or maybe it was the time before, I had Zex Marquise. So her name, or Tex Marquise, <laughs> Tex Marquise, which is really Zex Marquise from Gundam. So small world, right? What movie can you rewatch multiple times? I'm a big time movie buff. Um, there's a lot of movies you can watch re multiple. I don't even know what that question means. I mean, there's movies I've seen. There's there's probably 15 movies I've seen at least 50 times each. Yeah, I don't know. But that's the question that I answered. So shout out to Byron, Trey's underscore AMG. So with that being said, this has been the Hard Parking Podcast. I want to thank everybody for being a part of this. I want to thank you all for sticking with me as I keep continuing to work on this show. You know, like I said before, uh, when you subscribe, you know, even if you don't have time to do it all, listen to every single podcast, like have it set to automatically download the latest episode. Special thanks to the Passion Hi-Fi. Thank you for all the special guests who gave the Super Bowl picks. You know, I doubt up to some big names this time, guys, some future guests as well. So uh, like I said below, please, you know, follow, rate, subscribe. Um, you can reach me at NA2NSX on Instagram. And if you have any questions or feedback or topics, you can DM me at that. Or you can email hardparkerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this podcast is hosted by Anchor FM, but it's available on Apple Pods and Spotify and many, 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 many more. So let's do this. Like I said before, let's grow this thing together.